Hey, Street Fighters. Welcome to the show. We're doing it once again. It's Wednesday night. Time for a street fight. We do it live on YouTube. If you're a Patreon subscriber, $5 level or higher. Hanging out in the chat right now. Thank you for being here. We got a uh, new member, Coda. Jay is here. We've also got Roe again. Dakota Benjamin, Brockton. Thanks for showing up and chatting. We appreciate it. Uh, we are Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We've been doing it for seven years now. You can find us on WCRS here in Columbus, Ohio, 102.1 or 98.3 inside 270. So, this is our basement edition. This kicked off the whole endeavor. We started uh, at in the back in what 2011, trying to convince everyone to fill Ziploc bags full of piss and throw them at their governors. And we have now gotten to the point where Mitch McConnell might have a bag of piss thrown at him. So we're happy to see that our plan is moving along in the direction that we wanted to see. And now we have added a call-in aspect to the show. So started last year. We get you to call in because Brian and I don't do work anymore. We just do this and uh, be Mr. Mom at home. So we need you to call in with your stories of small business tyrants or military recruiters or drug trips and whatever local occupations are happening in your area. We want to hear from you every single Sunday night at 11 p.m. You can hear, uh, give us a call at 614-412-5252. That was the last show. If you want to go back and check that out, if this is the first time, thank you for being here. Wow, that was a mouthful. I had to talk through that whole intro, so I was filling it up. How's it going? Good. I feel good. That was a good intro. I enjoyed it. Thank you. I'm on the uh, thinking herbs, kratom. Me too, man. And marijuana. I took some kratom. I'm... I'm a, I've got two stoned in the car on the way here. I'm not driving. I'm also picking my nose on camera. I just realized a minute ago I was picking a big bug out of my nose. Yeah. And I was like right there on camera. And I was like, man, I, this used to be my moment of tranquility before the show. When Brett yeah. was doing his thing, I'd be sitting over here drinking and picking my nose and farting and jerking off or whatever. And then it would get done. And I'd be like, hey, it's me. We're in there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Brett, let's start the show with something depressing. Can we do that just for once? Just a real quick, not depressing necessarily. I think it's something that'll actually piss us off. Oh, sure. I love to, I love to be pissed you know? off. Well, you know, you do a little bit that you wouldn't do the show if you didn't love to be pissed off. Right. Of course. I need a place to go to be pissed off. DC council to consider repealing tipped minimum wage referendum. Ooh, that pisses me off. <laughs> Ooh, that pisses me off. Fires me. It fired me up when I saw it. What are they going to do? Well, I got this article on July 9th, so I'll just go ahead and I don't think anything's moved since then. District lawmakers are maneuvering to undo the will of voters through legislation that would change the outcome of Initiative 77, the ballot measure to phase out the lower tipped minimum wage for tipped workers in D.C. that passed 55 to 45 percent in the June 19th primary election. All right. We so talked one. about this a lot. We had Sam Knight on to talk about it. Basically, the Initiative 77 in D.C. was going to get rid of the tipped minimum wage. And then they would just make minimum wage, which is, I mean, that it would just raise to where the minimum wage is. Sure. In D.C., it's $15 an hour. So people that were making 
probably what three fifty. Yeah, an hour. four bucks at the four most. Four bucks an hour. We're gonna then be making fifteen dollars an hour. They put it up for a referendum with voters, and it passed, which is. Not for me, it was sort of shocking because they did play a lot of games. The Chamber of Commerce did what the Chamber of Commerce does, they spent a lot of money to mislead people. I mean, they actually tried to convince workers that people would just stop tipping if this happened. That was kind of their move, and it, it did look like it might not. Pa- I, I felt like it might not pass just because no, they ran a smear campaign. Yeah, when you fuck with people's tips, when you fuck with their money, but but I think and the you- the the outcome bared out that people were like, no, nah, I'd rather just have the guaranteed $15 an hour. I think the 15 would work better for me. Well, and I think that a lot of issues like that are something that we all have experience in. Like I, I know what that life is like. I've, I've worked in the jobs and had the position. I've never served actually, but I've worked in the kitchen. So I knew what they were dealing with every day. You know, they just white knuckling. Like, right. You have to pay your, you get the same amount of bills every month, but your pay wildly fluctuates, especially like, just think about all the stories we hear. I mean, people don't, we don't get a lot of calls for the story because our, our job stuff tends to be that we're lazy as shit, but I'm sure there's a million people out there and people that are listening to this show that are like, if a boss is mad at you or a boss doesn't like you, they can drastically lower your tips. Oh, sure. You know, they can make you work in the morning yep. or, or come in at 3 p.m. <laughs> and work until like halfway through the dinner and then cut you. Yep. They can have you work in Wednesdays. They can. They just don't give you the hours where you get the maximum tips. And it just, I mean, when, in, yeah, tipped minimum wage just leads to so much that is, is wrong with with the way that we do things. It's a ga- it's all a gamble. It doesn't make any sense. And yeah, you've people in tears after you know some eight top leaves with only you know five percent right tip. You you know you don't. I don't even think about that stuff. But that is another thing that happens. Like people get small tips. Like that. They. I, I saw. I mean, when we were. And our most, where were we at recently? Oh, Washington, D.C. We hit the IHOB up. And uh, I heard the table next to us say they were going to tip 10%. It was like this old, crazy old guy that had an endless belly for pancakes. He loved pancakes. He was big into pancakes. Like for what he lacked in tipping, he he made up for in his need for more pancakes. He ordered a hamburger with a side of pancakes and then when one of the kids was like, I want another pancake, he was like, "Oh, go ahead and throw one in for me too." And he went ahead an extra. And I heard him say he was I heard him say like, "Was 10%?" He would say I was going to leave this amount. He said it's 10%. And I was just like fucking screaming on the inside, so I doubled down on that lady for oh, us. Yeah, because I'm looking at I would if I would have heard him say that, I would have said, Mom! I would have started like a really loud conversation with you about how you're supposed yeah. to tip twenty five percent. Me and you sitting days. at the table next to him, like, yeah, you know, I don't like to go out and tip less than twenty five percent. That's about where I like to keep my tips. I mean, especially if I had seven pancakes with my dinner and I kept. I couldn't just order all my pancakes at the same time. I had to have the wait the waiter bring out each pancake individually. I would tip twenty five, maybe thirty. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, well, Roe in the chat said it happened in their state, and waiters said they were happy when it got repealed only six months later because they thought people uh, that if people knew they made minimum wage, they stopped tipping. I mean, did that happen? I don't know. I, I mean, I can't. I just, I, I don't, there are going to be people that do Oh, that. sure. I understand completely that there are going to be, but... I mean, I tend to think of it like, and I'm not in the minority of people. I go out a lot and I tip a lot. And like those people, the people that still, that go out a lot, that eat out a lot and stuff, they're still going to tip. I just know it. I just yeah, there's have it in my mind that like, we all know that that's how this works. And I guess there's one. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm keep going. I, I just guess that like. I like I said I can see some people stopping. There are people that I would definitely in the past have known that were like I mean I used to know people that just didn't tip at Bob Evans. Me and my wife we would go out to eat and we would throw our money down for the tip like probably at that time 15% of the bill we would throw that down and they'd be like that's enough for the and I'd be like no and I'd turn around and put 15 I'd just put the same tip down again because it's like no it's you can't do that. You don't get to just ride off of my tip when you pay two separate bills, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I do know people who are kind of not into tipping. And I'm not totally into tipping either. I, I do think that, I don't like, th- I would love a world where you didn't have to do it. Yeah. But I, I also I love a world where I can if I want to. <laughs> well, that's what I've, yeah, well, I have said that too now that is I like to, to spread it around because I got it. But it just isn't doesn't work because you can't trust people because they're all fucking awful when it comes to that. Like people are just chiselers when it comes to, to somebody else's making money, you know, or getting paid for running around. And to me, making the food and doing the dishes is like something I dread every single day. It's like just going to take a few hours of my time and it's filthy and I'm going to get wet. And I got to wait around for this dishwasher to run mm-hmm. and then I got to put it all away. And I avoid all of that. And you make like the most richest, you put the amount of butter and cheese and stuff that I never possibly would <laughs> could ever bring myself to do at home. Yeah. And you know, I'm only going to give you, you know, on a IHOP bill on an IHOP bill, Ten, ten, a 10% of an IHOP bill is probably a $2, $3 tip. Right. It's not hard to tip. $4 tip? At IHOP. It's not hard to tip 20%. 20 percent's fine. I tip 25 because I'm self-conscious. And I always think, like, when I sit down, they're like, there's a guy that doesn't tip. So I always why do you like, do it? So, why is self-conscious the I, motivator? I, I feel like, I just, you know what? I just feel like a big shot. I'm like, I'm a fucking big shot. You know what? Big hey, here's a fucking five. Tip. Throw another five on top of there. I don't give a fuck. I guess for me, I'm it's a like big I'm... shot. I'm a podcaster. Okay. <laughs> People are giving me money. People that make no money gave me this motherfucking money. Have, Have a little bit. I'm the Buddha over here. I'm trying I'm to impervious to gifts. I don't need this shit. It's all on you. Have it back lady. True. I know that motherfucking chiseler is over there. Only giving you, he counted, he probably counted out like, well, it's, it's 22 
2250, so that's 225 is 10%. He got a fucking quarter out. He probably got two singles oh. out in a goddamn quarter and laid it no, down. He's making me mad. Holding a bullhorn on the steps of the John A. Wilson building on Monday, Ward 2 Council Member Jack Evans told a crowd of anti-77 protesters that on Tuesday, D.C. Council Chairman Phil Mendelson and a number of council members would introduce a bill to overturn Initiative, Initiative 77 during their last legislative session before the council's summer recess. The anti, imagine the crowd of anti-77 protesters. <laughs> imagine the Under Armour in that crowd. like the. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> Full Under Armour. Imagine the, uh, All the insurance salesmen. Fitbits just out there. No, I won't allow it. Waving their Fitbit extra to get extra steps. Yeah. <laughs> Burn some calories. <laughs> Driving up and they're like fucking... $30,000 cars. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Maxim, all, driving up in a Maxima. There were no protesters there that didn't make less than like 60K. A year. The, they, they take, they had to take their driving moccasins off and put them in the passenger area and then put on their, their, um, walking shoes evans whose ward includes many restaurants downtown and in other neighborhoods received cheers while he encouraged those gathered to canvas council members offices and make sure that they know there's enormous opposition to brett this is a grassroots campaign to dial back something that yeah, the everybody passed right we, we agreed on this. everybody went for it we agreed on this on the rules that you have set up you made rules for how to make this stuff happen they hate these ballot initiatives dude they just hate them they can't stand them because this thing the the interesting part of this is that well, like, i mean money i mean they don't, says, they don't want to pay people shit. Right. It says he opposed the initiative along with a majority of the council, Mayor Muriel Bowser and D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine leading up to the June vote. So it was basically all these people that were elected all like were like, don't pass this. You don't want to pass this. It's crazy if you pass this. Then the people were like, we're going to pass this thing. We want yeah. this. And then they were like, well, you can't just do that. We told you not to. Now we got to switch it back. See, but, but the, and also I think the difference here is though, because DC has that $15 minimum wage, it really moves it up into a different level than if it happens here where it's like 775 or whatever the fucking is. I think it moves it up to like a more reasonable 775 is not reasonable. No, 775 is not a reasonable. It's a waste of your time to spend an hour of your time only getting paid that. (laughs) In America, I'm sorry. I'm just I saying, I know you. you do it. I'm not diminishing anybody's no, no. work. I'm just like, like that. If you do the math, like it costs way more than that to live in America. Right. What you're saying is that being they, alive they, costs more than seven seventy five an hour. It's easier to say it this way. That, that what you do for one hour is always going to be worth more than seven seventy five unless you're sleeping, which is still actually worth something because you got to recharge in batteries. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important part of the machine. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, yeah. Sleep mode. Yeah. I think $15 an hour for somebody's hour seems fair. Like for an hour of labor, it's a starting point. There's not like an amount of labor. There's not an amount of labor that is only worth $7 an hour, but I think we can work on an amount of labor that's worth $15 an hour. I think we can, I think I can see that in my mind's eye. Like, okay, well, if I had to do dishes, I'm doing dishes, okay? Cause I never was a waiter or anything. Or if I have to load truck, not load trucks, that's worth $25 now. 
If, if I had to do dishes for an hour, I would be fine taking $15 for those dishes. Sure. But sure, sure. not $7. No. It's just I don't want to do it. Well, I mean, I mean, there's just the, the amount of the cost of everything has gone up so significantly. And I just don't understand where struggling because the, the struggling that people reminisce about that old 1950 struggling and stuff is not even close to what we're getting now. You know, it's like we have tons of cheap products available to us, but like they're every, you know, just existing is, is, is cost money. Like we're existing in is, is creates debt. Oh, right before you know? we recorded, we were talking about doing something this weekend and you were like, we got to stop spending money. Right. I have to do it. Like <laughs> without like, there's, there's almost like, what do you do that doesn't cost money? Right. I mean, if you want to go in that river, if you want to, you know, be a part of this race, if you want to, you know, play that new game. I want to, I want to read I this. Some... I don't, I don't know if you know the biog or the geography of DC, <laughs> But Initiative 77 passed with broad voting support across the district, district, with yes majorities in each of D.C.'s eight wards except for Ward 3, and especially strong support east of the Anacostia River. Still, under one in five registered voters cast ballots in a June election. Is that what I, I what what is east of the do you know what's east of the Anacostia River? Yeah. Like who voted for the? Because like I have a feeling I know. Is it rich people? It's not rich people east of the Anacostia River, right? No, no. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. Guessing. I mean, that's where most of the black community, a lot of the black community, uh, yeah, community of color, uh, it's really segregated in D.C. Right. Uh, and it's like the it's like the poorest areas are surround that. Yeah. So like you know where people who work as maybe way. Sure. Yeah. People that. <laughs> are in the industry yeah. and, and would love to get $15 an hour. That would probably be a big upgrade. I just feel like this sort of thing sends a message that is so true. When, when you talk about voting patterns and you talk when people are like, these people can't even bother to go be bothered to go out and vote. And it's like when broke people or when people without money go out to vote, I mean, we all just know that they can turn it overturn it if they want it feels fucking pointless you know what yeah. i mean it feels like you don't care what my input is anyway so you're just gonna do what you're gonna do and that extends to the presidency too and that like a lot of broke people voted for barack obama and he did everything for like wall street and military contractors and shit like that like sure. what's the fucking point anymore what what I, being mad at people for not voting and blaming it on like Susan Sarandon or whatever <laughs> is is so pointless when you can look at something like this and this is why people don't vote. This is why I can't get up to vote. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is why I'm just like, you know, they aren't going to do anything for me. They aren't going to serve at all in my interest. Nobody is because nobody gives a shit yeah. about me at all. If there was even if the if even, if there was a chance where I felt like I I could play this game and there was like, you know, the little guy wins one, you know, votes this thing in and now everybody gets $15 an hour, but they can change the rules however they want, you know. Yeah, yeah. They don't make laws for people that make $24,000 a right. year. They don't really care that much about about people that make that much money. It's it's a much larger amount of money. So, let's uh let's take a look at another 
Ray, another article that I found pretty weird about it. It's actually about an election. Have you heard of Randy Bryce? That uh, no. the guy from uh, I think Wisconsin, the Democrat, that's like an iron worker, that's like a union guy, and he's just like, oh, he's been pretty. Po- he's running against Paul Ryan. Oh, and that has a shot at beating familiar. him. Yeah, I've yeah. seen some like a Democrat. Some, yeah, favorable things. I want to read him. this article because it'll remind you of another article, another thing that we covered in 2016 a democrat from wisconsin running to replace house speaker paul ryan in congress was arrested and pleaded guilty to driving while intoxicated in 1998 oh in addition to eight other arrests according to documents obtained by cnn randy bryce did that yeah okay he drunk drove in 1998 sure now 20 years from that a lot a lot of people were drunk driving in 1998 Yes, right. that's true. I mean, I don't know. Driving has always been very frowned upon in my lifetime. I'd never lived in a world where sure. people were cool with it. That was just before me when people were cool with it. Like, yeah, and and like I've said though, we really lack any sort of real help or assistance, or uh, you know, facilitate the conversation with kids about drinking, where it's like find a way to get home, use public transportation. I guess Uber and Lyft has helped. If one thing, it has probably saved a lot of people in that regard. Call your stupid parents, but right. That's I've never not trusted going that. To yeah, do never. that. Um, two of Randy Bryce's arrests were more recent. In 2011 and 2018, while protesting the policies of Ryan and Wisconsin's GOP Senator Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson. <laughs> love <laughs> but that, the majority- sir. Love his surf shop. But the majority of Bryce's arrests stem from a single incident of driving under the influence, including three times for driving with a suspended license. See, they, is that Meek Mill bullshit? Yeah, there's that's this is smear, right? This is yeah. like when they said Bernie Sanders sometimes would like get disconnect notices for his electricity in the mail. He would just ignore them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so he got caught up for one thing, made a mistake, which lots of people do, and uh, I do, I do think that. It does, it does change, you know, pe- people that get that, uh, folks that I know rode bicycles and got rides and, you know, just cooled the fuck out with the drunk driving, you know? So I think what you did, I, I think, okay, there are things that you can do 20 years ago that do mean something. Sure. In 2018. There are heinous things that a person can do 20 years. I mean, I'm the lightest, uh, the lightest on crime guy in the world. Like murder. Light on, Brian Quimby, light on crime. Yeah, that's going to be used against me, light on crime. But, uh, but you know, murder, there's still effects from that 20 years later. And, sure. You know, there's things like that. I don't know if anybody needs to be locked up for 20 years, but that's, that's a Brian Quimby opinion that. I'm sure 80 people are mad at right now. I'm okay. listen to their car, but I'm not sure. I'm, I, I think that like a thing like drunk driving 20 years ago can't symbolize much more than growth. Like you haven't done it in 20 years and then they busted them for driving without a license. Dude, the license suspension thing is 
everybody drives without a license. Everybody yeah, some that point, gets their license suspended some has point. to drive. They still have to get places. That's the thing. They, well, they tell people to get a job. They tell you to work. And then all these, like, there are fucking <laughs> jobs where, like, your work site is a different place every day. Iron worker would be one of those jobs yeah. where, like, if I can't fucking drive, I can't even, I can't go. It's not on the bus line, guys. <clears throat> right. I, you know? Well, also, I mean, you look at, like, uh, any of those TV shows, like, live PD and shit or cops and like nobody that gets pulled over has a legit license. I mean, most people on the road are not like all the way legal in some way. I mean, I've been pulled over for driving with a suspended license. I like mean, I, I didn't know it was suspended. Sure, no, My yeah, wife actually exactly. had the same thing happen to her on Christmas Eve. They pulled her over, made her leave her car there. I had to go get it. They're like, your license is suspended. She's like, for what? And they're like, some old shit in the past. <laughs> yeah. Oh, some old bullshit. <laughs> there's some old shit back in the day and you did it and now but it's just it's it's like bryce launched his campaign in june 2017 to replace ryan in wisconsin's first congressional district and quickly became a rising star for many progressives because of his support for unions medicare for all a 15 dollar hourly minimum wage paid family and medical leave and abolishing the immigration and customs enforcement agency those are all things, and yeah. oh, all of a sudden, we need to get a story. Let's take a look and see if he's been busted for drunk driving in 1998. Yeah, I mean, all the, I mean, all the GOP people, I'm sure, were busted for it too. Oh my you know? God, yeah, girl, yeah. They, uh, Brett just cut it. I got Kratom farts fart, real bad. It's fine. It's fine. We're just gonna move on. We we can be professional and still have a fart. They're great so. though. Uh, so it seems like when somebody comes out. For progressive, for any sort of progressive thing that would make a difference mm-hmm. in maybe the type of people's lives who Initiative 77 uh-huh. would It's like they put obstacles in front of them that don't exist. Like, yeah, I mean, but that's, yeah, that's the politics. That's right. The politics, I mean, sorry. I missed Right. It's just. These sorts of things don't mean anything, but they... Yeah, I don't think most... I mean, how many people are going to... How many people think are mad about that? I think that a lot of people... A lot of people are going to see Mo three nights in a row and got to go home in the Subi and uh, ain't no way to get there, but, you know, one eye in it. I think that people who might be looking at who is running might just see a headline like Democrat running to replace Paul Ryan in Wisconsin has history of arrests, including driving under the influence. And maybe don't get down to where the story is. Driving under the influence of progressive politics. (laughs) That should be illegal, man. He was drunk on liberalism. He pulled over and he told the cop, I think people should have Medicare for all. And he was like, you're drunk. You're drunk with entitlements. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I need that dramatization. What? I need that dramatization (laughs) in the commercial. So yeah, Paul oh, Ryan's yeah. driven drunk. We gotta Come get a, we gotta get a cop suit so we can shoot skits like that. <laughs> we never even bought the drunk glasses. I know or that the was weed a... glasses. Yeah, I don't like. Th- yeah, I, we I have the weed glasses to see what the cops. That's true. Being all we weed should. Like. Okay, just, that's you're right. Thing. You're right. We um, need to get that. Yeah, that's Go a frustrating some... story because this is a guy, he raised $4.8 million okay, it's for a his good campaign, amount of money. so he's like formidable, and he's sure. running against a real piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, the number one like, 
dude bro <laughs> one of the top pieces of shit in in politics in yeah. the united states is paul ryan right not a lot worse he's big rage against the machine fan He's, He's one of those guys that likes Rage Against the Machine. I think they do that to troll Rage Against the Machine, though, more than, like... Because then Rage Against the Machine will come out and be like, he probably wasn't listening to the lyrics, man. If I was a conservative that everybody was like, I hate you for being conservative, I would straight up just be like, you know who I love? Rage Against the Machine. Just to annoy Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> My favorite band is Rage Against the Machine and Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and then they have to comment on you, and it's funny, you know? Yeah, smart move. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, Rage Against the Machine just has the ability to attract a lot of people that uh, aren't with the message, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they rock. I mean, that's the what I mean. Pretty the, much so rocks, good. He did that just... crazy shit with the guitar that sounded like a turntable. Yeah, like a Paul Ryan listens to it. And you know how the anger, he's like. He's he, all the anger in in that album to him is like people asking for Medicare. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's like these fucking people with their entitlements. I want freedom. Yeah, they're from Medicare. Right, right. <laughs> Don't rally around my family with your pockets full of shells. <laughs> Don't take from me. You have a pocket full of shells. <laughs> rolling down Rodeo with a shotgun because I can legally carry one out on my back if it's showing. <laughs> rolling down Rodeo with a shotgun showing all my rich friends what it's like to have one. Yeah. Yeah, he's on that tip. He loves it. He loves it. Uh, the Battle of Los Angeles is literally to him about destroying Los Angeles and all of liberal Hollywood. <laughs> With the renegades of Trump, Trump, the renegades of Trump, Trump. <laughs> it's the same thing with acid. Again, we've talked about that. About like acid, like people. Oh yeah, acid doesn't wake people them. up. It's not a. It's not a hundred percent fucking cure all for like yeah. e ego and all of that. Like fucking Matt Iglesias has probably done acid before. Yeah. Molly makes some people into like monsters. Yeah, I can see Molly turning somebody libertarian. Any of those speeds, I just think they're like, that turns you libertarian a lot of times. Well, yeah, I mean, it can steer you right into it. <laughs> we should be allowed to have this all the time. You should do all the production I get done. It's great. I fucking get all everything done. We're all floating self-egos working on our own self-interest. Yeah, I mean, and I also think it's odd that he has to like... He has to like come out and be like, I drunk, I I drunk drugs yeah. twenty years ago. Well, we gotta give it, Here's what you gotta do. You gotta get on the Instagram live. You gotta tell the whole story with all the nitty gritty, dirty details. That's all we need, right? That's the way to squash it. Sure. You got. I mean, just tell us. You know, me and the boys, we made it. We had a sled, and there was these stairs, and we just threw a bucket of wax, and we were going to town on it, right? But right. then I had to be home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then I had to go home after it. Yeah. So we got one more story about that that can kind of tie in there a little bit. Actually, you know what? We're, we're not going to do that. We got it. We got a lot of Burger King news to cover. Since oh, BK, <laughs> America's number one source. <laughs> BK Broiler <laughs> for Burger King news. Uh, Burger King, the first anarcho-syndicalist fast food restaurant, uh, has established individual uh worker owned co-ops i believe every, every they work autonomously right 
<laughs> I wish. Right. Maybe Burger King drops take. the food off. Burger King drops the food off, but then the employees make the rules on how you get it. <laughs> Here's what I guess now we're taking over Burger King. That's the company. Yeah, Burger King it's is already in dire straits. A little bit of anarcho socialism, syndicalism might actually be able to help. Burger King, you know, they could use it. They should just start advertising well, to us. If the people got to keep more of the money, if they got to sell the same shit but like keep the money, then they would be able the people would be more inclined to, you know, yeah, make everything right and not just be like uh we don't got buns no more <laughs> we don't got that we don't get the icy machines broken yeah the you chicken, can't get a shrek icy tonight it's no over. chicken rings no we haven't had those for hours <laughs> <laughs> what what we got what our po' boy machines not working the po machines they, they don't have those the wappa machines not working uh the smoking gun has issued claiming that its image and persona have been hijacked as part of a marketing campaign for burger king's new chicken fries the costume heavy metal band slipknot is threatening the fast food giant with legal what? action what <laughs> so they ripped them off i guess man they used to rip off doo-wop songs man slipknot has really made it yeah they're, they're what is it uh, it says the band's lawyers charge that cock rock c-o-q-r-o-q a mock metal band featured in the new Burger King commercials was created. Yeah. Burger King's starting to sound cool as shit to me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Burger King has a band called Cock Rock in it? C-O-Q-R-O-Q. Love it. And it's chicken. Yeah. It's chicken fries. Yeah, it's, it's not. Rock. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not about like male genitalia. Like cockadoodle do. Right. You know? Yeah. That's what they're talking about. Not. Uh, yeah. Um. So, uh, in order to influence the Slipknot generation to purchase chicken fries. So, they got a band that looks and sounds like Slipknot. Okay. And they were like, oh, y'all got to the check Slipknot out these thing. chicken fries. Do the Slipknot thing. And now they're suing. So, look out, Burger King. You're in some mm, shit. Yeah. That's going to be a problem. When all the maggots show up to tear apart your little. Why do they care? Why does Slipknot care that much? Yeah. I don't. Like, what is it that. I mean, I'm not standing up for Burger King here. But I can't imagine like seeing somebody use my likeness to do something, and ju I'd just be like, I mean, I would sue them so that people, I would, I, I, I mean, if Slipknot's doing it to sue them to get attention, I totally a hundred percent get it. It's exactly what I would do. <laughs> I would sue a company that used our likeness to get attention in a second, just because. Yeah, that makes sense. You, know, you need attention. It's like but, I, that comes out of the advertising budget. Yeah, yeah, that means we can do other stuff with that money. So yeah, Burger King. You're under fire from Slipknot, but that's not the only Burger King story I have this week. Brett. Okay, okay. Please tell me they've spit in another cop's food. If, if that happened, we would definitely make Burger King the official food of Street Fight Radio. I promise you that. Okay. Okay. Damn it, I hit the wrong link. Oh. Like from Zelda? No, god damn it. God damn it. Okay, Florida cop not letting go of his tainted Burger King conspiracy theory. This is from the take. Oh, whoa, a follow-up, <laughs> a follow-up. How often do we do follow-ups on this show? Unless it's about like the, uh, unless it's like a thread that's like threaded over years or whatever. We never get the follow-up to stories. But this one I had to follow up on. Because yeah. Because we talked about it last week. We need to know what's going on in this saga, right? Yeah, uh... Once again, he said there was dirt in his food, and they could not find any dirt. They fucking watched a video. Right. The surveillance video of people making burgs, and there was nobody putting dirt in the burg. Now, 
how would that is in, that's conclude that's like a lie to like there's a few levels of like figuring out if somebody's guilty one you could do a lie detector but we all know that people can get through lie detectors it's in a hundred movies and it's just yeah we don't trust them no more eh, yeah i mean we don't trust them a hundred percent right they're like it's like a it's a good That's indication some, maybe but we yes. can't a hundred percent it makes we, great daytime television like maury povich yeah but we 90 percent of the time agree that video is the real thing unless the government is showing you the video if it's like the government being like this is what happened right here i ain't gonna be believing that yeah you know yeah, what i yeah, mean yeah, yeah, but yeah, for Burke, sure if a manager Bur- i just i don't think that a manager from burger king can doctor sure the surveillance footage no yeah not in that amount of time if a cop feels like yeah they're not gonna you don't have any time to make fake footage. Yeah. Fort Myers, Florida. Or police. if you did, that's perfect, though. Okay. If you work at a fast food place, make footage of you making a hamburger, doctor it up, and then that way have it on demand when, you know, you the inevitably time comes. spit in a cop's hamburger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. By the way, I'm I'm all for it. I love that they spit in these cops' hamburgers. I think it's hilarious. Ooh, gross! It makes my stomach turn. But you're not. A cop, I support though. right. You're, I mean, I you still don't have support to it. That. Yeah, I know. I just woof. Hakaluga in there. Just a loog, like one of those like slimy loogies. Yeah, a little greeny one. You know what I'm talking. Yeah, something that glows in the dark. Like if you bought in the if you bit in the middle of the loog. And then you pulled it out and the like, you know what I'm saying? It's like an oyster. Or the, just the rest, the rest of it comes out and slaps you on the chin. <laughs> yep. You get somebody else's mucus right there on your chin. Real sticky. <laughs> Fort Myers, Florida police officer Timothy McCormick says he knows his burger was mess- messed with. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. Just you convinced yourself. The veteran cop is referring to a burger he recently ordered from a Burger King, which he says had dirt or some other substance smeared onto Crunchy. it by employees. Some cr- something. It probably was like an old one that got double fucking cooked or something. It could have some little bit cow bone in there. I mean, they don't yeah. like clean that meat that the way that you think they're doing. You sure. Know, that pink slime. Yes. They run it into a, a centrifuge and then they put ammonia in it and bleach and... Yes, they do that. It doesn't get everything out, though. There's still going to be some gristle in there. You can't get all... Ammonia doesn't eat gristle, right? Sure. You just have to face facts when you're eating Burger King. You know, any of these places. Just face facts. Who cares? Look, you've been eating it forever. It obviously doesn't fucking matter that it's dirt and gross, right? It didn't matter to you before you knew. That's how I think of it. It (laughs) did... What they... When they said there's yoga mats in Taco Bell... It did. I never noticed yoga mats and Taco Bell, and it Subway. didn't matter to me. And then once I found out, I was just like, I mean, it's okay. I mean, yoga mats must taste good then. Yeah, I'll limit my yoga mat intake, <laughs> yeah. but I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> they must be fucking delicious, sure, because you know? I like them. So I, 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 I'm not sticking up for Taco Bell using yoga mats. I just like to say that they use yoga mats. Yeah. The, in the early days of me being on Twitter, when people would fuck with brands. You could type Taco Bell uses yoga mats and they always sent you the same link that was like the truth about Taco Bell's meat. Yeah. And I just thought it was funny that that like some social media intern had to make an infographic. (laughs) They had it set up. Um, The veteran cop is referring to a burger he recently ordered from a Burger King, which he says had dirt or some other substance smeared onto it by employees. 
even after a police review of surveillance video found that his food hadn't been tampered with, the Fort Myers News Press reports McCormick stands by his claim that employees tainted it. He points to the word police printed at the top of his receipt. He says workers mess with his food because he is a cop. Sometimes oh. they do, because you hear this happen every once in a while, like a Chinese food place where they'll put something racist on there or something. Yeah. Sometimes they just look at you and be white like, people. cop. Uh, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll look at you and be like, cop or white guy or black guy. That just, you can't stop that from happening. I, I know we want to live in a world where we don't define each other by the characteristics that we think in one second. Like in a quick second, I look at you, I'm like anarcho comedy radio show host right uh -huh. or barber at one of those old-fashioned barber shops uh -huh. you're not like dressed like that now but i saw or uh guy that collects records uh -huh. right like i would look at you and see that or like hip guy you know what i mean and you sure. would look at me and be put like, hipster at the top and yeah like, hipster basically he he put he put sriracha in there and i didn't ask for it just because i'm a hipster <laughs> yeah he put or if you looked at me and they'd be like uh burly dad and it's sure. like, that's just who I am. Yeah. You know like, I mean? oh, you put brisket and bacon on my burger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, McCormick, that, what must he think? Like, this is what people think of police. That's the thing about this that really gets, it, like, brings a smile to my face. Is this guy knows that everybody hates him. <laughs> But they don't. But they don't because they just know that a certain group does. That's like, true. Because the, I see so much crazy love on the police pages. So in the Street Fighters group on Facebook, some folks have been sharing those lip syncing videos oh, of the Jesus police, fuck. and we've got one here. You, know, I can't, I can't find him. His name is like one of the Popo or something, or called a Popo, Anthony Johnson. Ugh. He was at the Summer Six One Four concert. God, no, and him. He, he's famous. He now? did the Dougie, and oh. now he's got a page where he's like doing Kickstep and the Russell and all the fucking dances with kids. No, his I routines, saw him. and he puts his hat. He makes him wear the hat while they do the dance. No. Yeah, and uh, he's trying to make a go at it social media. I can't find his fucking page. Some smarter person on here will will know how to do it, but. Uh, because I saw I saw it the other day and I just I think I shit. got reminded of him. I now I realize he's like trying to be a phenomenon because everybody when they were mentioning that those uh, cops did the fucking uh, Bruno Mars song, there were a bunch of Ohio people that were like, "Yo, you should get this cop." Yeah, what? Well, but also on all of the uh, the lip sync cop videos, just all of them were like, "Oh my gosh, y'all are so talented." <laughs> Heart, 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 heart. <laughs> that the thing that made me I only watched one of the videos and uh -huh. they were doing that Bruno Mars song. Yeah, yeah. The uh This here, that ice cold Michelle fight for that white goat. I'm like, you shouldn't be allowed to enjoy that. Right. Sure. Cocaine music, you mean you can't sing if you're about you're mentioning co cocaine, you're not allowed to have fun. You have to sternly look at us and sure. say don't do that. Yeah, this is you're against this stuff. I'm turning into a guy that finds things for conservatives to get offended about now because we just went to the store before this and I put on an American flag constitution shirt. You've probably seen a picture by the time this shows out. And uh, I put that I put that out there. I, I put it on and I tried it on and then we found out it was 50% off. And I was like, seems disrespectful that they yeah. would mark that down 50%. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that I just don't think that you should. It doesn't show much faith in the 
the product, it the brand, the flag, and yeah. the constitution. I don't like it, I, and I don't think it's. I don't consider it just a July Fourth polo shirt. I mean, the Constitution is relevant 365 days <laughs> a year. So why wouldn't that grocery store charge full price for the polo shirt? I carry it in my. I carry a pocket Constitution, even though I could just get it on my phone. But I have a Constitution app on my phone that I actually have too. And like I, I love the Constitution, and I think it should never be on sale. The Constitution is not a bargain bin document. The principles that I live by are printed on my polo shirt. <laughs> you know, when I posted that, like eighty, like so many people are like, "There's a guy that wears this to work." Oh yeah, and I'm like, God, having a real job is like, rough. Hey, RJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, McCormick himself watched the kitchen video, Brett. Okay. Which shows Burger King workers preparing his sourdough king in a normal fashion. Okay. That hasn't convinced him to abandon his claim, though. My God, dude. That's some real... He's, like, doing some JFK. Like, he's doing... He's turned into loose change over this. Well, he just thinks he's going to bully his way out of this. Yeah. Like, he'd just be like, no, that's not what I said. Oh, I'm, I'm the sure. authority. Well, I'm the yeah. authority. And like there's you, these cops get a pop out of, uh, out of like, uh, they'll get like a fundraising campaign or something out of being on the blue lives matter blogs and shit. You know what I mean? They get a little social media pop out of it. And this guy's like, damn it. I was this, I was this close. I was this close. I know I almost had, I was going to get shared into all of the, the freedom networks. Yeah. I was going to be the next cop. They invited on TV to talk about how people love spitting in my food and throwing dirt in it. Yeah, I was gonna go speak at a university and talk about the hate crimes against police to uh, to a a uh, political class. Sorry. Yeah. So they're doing a video and they're checking it again. The manager of the place is checking it again to make sure that you know. It just this cop is weird. Stop. It's yeah. weird. Just go home. You're not dude. sick. You're okay. Just get yeah, get out of there. Yeah. You he just, it's just eating him up. He's like he is. He's a cop, man. He's just up all night. He's beating the dog about it. (laughs) (laughs) He is. He is. Uh, Did you see what... uh, Did you see earlier today that uh, Papa John is... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wait, what happened? I was not funny. It's not. It's not. He allegedly... uh, John Schnatter, the founder of the pizza restaurant chain Papa John's, allegedly dropped the N-word while speaking on a company conference call per a report from the business magazine Forbes. It doesn't take long to get one of these conservative conservative business owners to drop the N-word. I I feel like I can find every one of them. Well, that's the thing is we're probably going to get to the point where there, this is just going to be like, I, I don't care. You know, this is what we, this is how we talk, you know, cause there's just, they do not, they do not want to be uh sly about it. Right. They aren't trying to be, they aren't really trying to keep it a secret, uh, you know? Yeah. The call, which ironically enough was regard was regarding how the embattled company can tone down bad PR mo- moments oh, occurred in May of this year. The alleged incident came several months after Schnatter, who is also the face and chairman of Papa John's stepped down as the company's CEO due to backlash over his handling of the NFL's protests against police brutality. Right. See, Colonel that's the Sanders thing. It's like- called blacks. N-word, Schnatter allegedly said, while also noting that KFC never received backlash for the slurs. 
KFC called them Colonel the, Sanders, the actual Colonel Sanders when he was alive was used a racist. The N-word. Yeah, I mean it sounds, but that's plausible, right? Yeah, I mean I get it. I'm sure he did. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. But he's like, why didn't he get any backlash for it? It's like, okay, buddy. Yeah, this is what was. See these ge- these genius these CEO level these founders people they get too much it's just too big headed yeah he thought that was the nail in the coffin right he thought saying the n word would get him out of it he he oh god this is at least I didn't is. say the n word by saying the n word and here's the thing when you do those protests the anti protests people call you racist and all like you you can support racist politicians you can hang out with like racist political groups. All these kinds of things and still claim you're not racist. But saying the N-word is like just the the thing that the only thing that y'all will they will really own up to is being racist, you know? Yeah, that's the thing that they They're say. like, oh, he's not calling anybody the N-word, you know? Yeah. Like, well, he said Schnatter went on to discuss his upbringing in Indiana where black people were killed by white supremacists, okay. which was seemingly his way of explaining why he condemns racism. Okay. Due to the allegations, however, it seems that some employee employees found his racial commentary to be offensive. Really? I can't imagine that. It sound what he said sounds offensive to me. Man, you got to get somebody to filter that through before you bust it out on a conference call. Maybe you should have given that speech to somebody else. Yeah, talk to know? like your talk to yeah, like your your right-hand man or right-hand person. So now they had to release a press release about bad PR. Papa John's condemns racism and uh. any insensitive language no matter the situation or setting. The company said in a statement, "We take pr- great pride in the diversity of You don't take great pride in any of your employees, Papa John. Oh that is God. not true. You would pay them more." You would take, you would give them health insurance. Yeah. You wouldn't threaten to cut their hours back if you were mandated to give them health insurance. If you cared about your employee. And again, I don't believe uh, he's racist. Yeah. I don't think anybody believes for a second that he's not racist. You know? Yeah. I mean, this is uh, kind of it. Fucking Papa John. Papa John the racism To the shitter racism-o. with you. <laughs> so it's my made up word. What? Uh racism o Racismo. Ah, it's a racismo. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that was my Italian accent without the pizzazz. Alright. Well, we got a little story here okay. about another person who's very rich. Very terrible. Okay. And uh you know. We got to look. We got to take a look at what what uh, the U-lines are up to. Oh, yes. This was a pretty good story. I didn't read through it. I just passed it along. Well, I think but I can get the gist of it. I actually did read it. This was uh, this came from Low-Key Thick Boy. That's thick spelled the internet way with two Cs. And uh, I'm going to get it up here in a second. And we'll, we'll take a look at what's going on with them. because I'm going to give you a little bit of an intro okay if go you ahead. want go for it so this this person actually sent this uh i can i can read it here they said uh that they know somebody that works for you line and they are an analyst there so we talked about it earlier but liz uline has written an entire blogs about how analysts are the most useless <laughs> people in her company and they are a drain on her you know yeah, so, so this analyst is hipping us to something. Yeah, so 
So this analyst was telling his friend that he works like 60 hours a week or more. He's on call on the weekends as well. And he gets treated like shit um, while she does all that too. You know, she relies on on all of these people to do this, but, you know, hates them openly. And so what they do now is there is this town called Manitowish in Minnesota, I think. And Manitowish Waters, Minnesota. Yeah. And it's this it's like little backwater, I don't know, sleepy town or something well, on a creek. Yeah. Or it, on it, a river. One of those 10,000 lakes. Yeah. It's got a population of 700. Right. And it's a law. It's one of the, you know, I guess nat, it's a beautiful, like beautiful nature wise. Sure. I, guess. I don't know how you say that, but you know, you know, it's yeah. one of those places where like people move there to get away first of all from us people like us or people like you that's listening or people in general <laughs> like they move away and they go they go there and they want to it sounds to me from what i've been reading that that's kind of where people go to like retire and and like or or for you know it's one of those places you know yeah what so what they are doing is they are now building up and buying businesses in the area and supporting the whole things like as a loss so that they can have like basically a little town to themselves their own fucking town yeah this is how elizabeth uline uh see it's hard because i i uh i want to get sort of a thing about what the places look looks like i i uh but uh, so what's going on is she says, you got a dying town with beautiful assets up there. Elizabeth Uline said in a private dining room at Uline's headquarters in Pleasant Prairie. We have a beautiful 10 lake chain. The water is fantastic. We have hiking trails. It's like a little Aspen. It's beautiful, but it's dying. It's not dying, yeah. by the way. That right. It's actually. It's like... just not growing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just not... not interested in growing. It's maintaining. <laughs> It's die. She says it's dying. So now, yeah. When so you're by, I've I've noticed this too. Like, so my brother will sometimes go to this place called Oak Island, right? And it's right on the ocean, basically. It's a little island, and it's right on the east coast. And he likes it there. Yeah. And there's not a ton going on there. That's right. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like people put some clapboard little stores together to sell towels and soft serve ice cream and yeah and a, just a pizza. few little things right even when you like visit there you usually end up cooking dinner yeah because there's just not even a lot of restaurants there and uh it was when i realized like i went there and i realized like you know when you're on the coast when you're in a like a beautiful part of the world where there's a bunch of nature you don't need to build it up with condominiums right hotels uh there could just be places like that or that are just that just make (laughs) black coffee with like milk or almond milk you know yeah i mean there could just be places that are now the natural beauties right now now there's a now there's a coffee shop where they tell you the statistics of uh gang murders in chicago i'm sure that's true and it (laughs) says uh so she says the water is we have a beautiful 10 lake chain the water is fantastic we have hiking trails it's like a lit yeah so the whole thing is dying up there the money had to come from else had to come from elsewhere because i guess they're not paying enough taxes sure she's paying for a consultant to develop a branding strategy for the community which has a year-round population of about 700 people this sounds like um a lifetime movie 
where like, like a big evil de- fucking developer comes into town. Like we're gonna spruce this place up a little bit, make it a more <laughs> big city. Like, dang it, no, we have a sleepy little town. We can't let them take it over. You know, except for. Yeah, and we're on the side of sleepy little town. Yeah, we people, love right. Peaceful. It's like the town they go to and like, just a place where you can get like a cheese sandwich with tomatoes on it <laughs> with salt and pepper. <laughs> Don't even know what that means, but okay, okay, yeah, a place like that. <laughs> Real old timey. I mean, I would. We guess... hard boiled eggs only a quarter. Yeah, the price I mean... hasn't changed. I just think that if you live in a town with 700 people year-round population, uh-huh. that might be part of the reason that you live in that town. <laughs> There's sure. 700 people there, right? Yeah, and that's a plus. Do you know what what is going to happen when... Do you think that the 700 people that live there now are going to maybe probably get priced out? And uh, that they're going to build a resort town and those people are going to have to go away from the place that they've been at yeah. for their whole life. They're just going to swoop in. Well, now now they have the opportunity to run like a kayak rental business. Though. Oh, geez. That sounds great. Yeah. Or maybe get a dip and dot stand. Now I do wanna... that on the side. Make it, they could do Uber and Lyft if, oh. if they're having trouble Ooh. making ends meet. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. If you saw the downtown five years ago, it's not the same town you're looking at today. From my perspective, what's going on, this is the mayor of Manitowash, which, uh, or the town chairman, John Hansen. He estimated the Uline's public giving there to be at around $6.5 million since 2007. And he's saying, if you saw the downtown five years ago, it's not the same town you're looking at okay, today. Okay. From my perspective, what's going on in Manitowash Waters is positive, and it's good for the town. And I know a lot of people that feel that way. I think <laughs> he's very yeah. into it. He's probably good for him. It sounds great. I bet he can go get a free steak yeah. with a $50 oh. bill underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is great. This is fucking great. These rich people are here. They're tossing money around. Yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, if you, you uh, get so a little, little roll of money in the garlic bread. Usually only a handful of people attend town meetings, but the bike trail pavilion and a substantial tree cutting project at the Uline owned condo complex that violated county zoning rules were all on the October 6th planning commission agenda. 87 people showed up. So, you know, we know the Uline's politics and they were like, codes! Codes are government tyranny! Right. (laughs) I'm going to build a condo complex! Right. It's probably a big fucking ugly building. What that don't building, get in the way of my vision. <laughs> a yeah, big they, they, mixed they, use building they built. I can get that it. They don't want to spend too much money on. <laughs> yeah, they aren't going to hide hire very many anal- analysts to uh, figure out what makes would make it fit in with the community. In anticipation of the meeting, a flyer went around town taking a swipe at Elizabeth Uline. The letters sold were emblazoned across the town's logo and model. The original up north experience. Which is that they're mad. Sure. There are people that are not happy about this. Yeah, one person, no no one conglomerate should have all that power. No, and... Like no one powerful, no couple. And I, I, someone mentioned in here that, uh, they even have an airport now so they can just like straight take off and get there. Like have a direct flight on a private jet. I just, I, I, 
I just hate how rich people can come and just take everything I know. away from people. They do this in poor neighborhoods too, even like way oh, yeah. worse. Like that's oh, yeah. basically what rich people do. They 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 decided they didn't want to live in the city, so they moved to the suburbs, and then they decided they wanted to live in the city, so they displaced everybody that lived in the city out to the suburbs. I'm sure it's going to happen again back the other way. Sure. Um, at the meeting, people said they felt they were being left in the dark. They asked why the border of the bike trail had so much grass and why trees had been cut at Rest Lake Park where the pavilion is going up. Someone wanted to know why Uline workers were locking the doors at night to a Uline constructed public restroom. That's very extremely Uline right there to have a public restroom that they lock the doors at night. Yeah. They own it because they're going to buy this town, dude. They're going to make... Glenn no. Beck's John Galt Town is what they're shooting for, but in, like Celebration, Florida, but for Uline. <laughs> That's scary. Uline's like the worst, man. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they dump in that river. So, and then there was the legal agreement prepared by a Uline lawyer that dictated substantial control by Elizabeth Uline and her workers over the upkeep of the bike trail and pavilion. Some planning commission members said the town needed to have more input. One citizen asked why Uline workers need to maintain the trail and pavilion. Another wondered why she doesn't just give money so town crews can do the work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... So this is like, no, I paid for this. I mean, this is public restroom, but I paid for this it. This is my public restroom. This is a public restroom. Right. It's mine. I, it's, yeah. it's actually, I own it. Because the U-lines don't like public. Anyway. No, no, there's no public to them. No, no, no. There's um, definitely owners. Uh, all this stuff we don't hear about, griped Kevin Griffith when he stood up. We're, we are as important to this town as Liz. I know she gives a lot of money, but with all of our tax money, we pay a lot too, said former. And uh, so Kim Cost, the former planning commission member, said, My main problem is that Liz has this idea of what she wants this trail to look like. And that's why she's writing this contract. The town doesn't have enough input on what the trail was going to look like. In my opinion... Her looks are not my looks. Hers are way too suburban, which is so, like, true. You know, you know, like, I have a picture in my mind of what this place looks like now. And I uh -huh. guarantee I'm not too far off from it. Right. Um, Everybody's got to have the same mailbox, probably. Yeah, rules on the fences. Yeah. Uh, probably to, you probably, everyone has to have a country kitchen now. Yeah. Um, they... Uh, they said that uh, I'm not the kind of person who gives money then walks away. She said, "No shit," because it's always got to have strings. Liz Uline said, "I'm very entrepreneurial, dominating. Who do you, do you think I got this way by being subtle and introverted?" Um, is what she's so. And this okay. also isn't her like town. They they live in Illinois. They don't even fucking live there. They just roll in there. They fly in on their fucking jet. Uh -huh. They stay in their probably hideous condo and they frequent all the places and then they leave. They've bought a town. Right. The U-Lines. They own a town. Uh, oh, man. Imagine when they do their walks, too. Well, listen to this. They walk on through their businesses they own? Well, I'd love to give you. Oh, Uline oh. supporter Brian Forrest, owner of the local hardware store, said Elizabeth Uline walked into a store in 2012, about a year after he opened up, and said she didn't like the exterior carpeting and offered to pay to replace it. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly like uh, a movie. Yeah. And... Uh, 
My feeling is that the looks are very important to her, Forrest said. When asked about it, she said, I can understand that I can be like that. I absolutely did say that, but nobody wants to go into a store that looks like that. (laughs) Cool it, lady. She is nasty. What a fucking... You know, you read her her screeds, right? And you're like, what a fucking nasty person. She sounds like an absolutely nasty... She sounds so mean. Yeah. Goodness gracious. She's got ice water in her veins. She does. She that, That's true. She does have ice water in her veins. <laughs> so... Yeah, that that uh, they own a town. Uline owns a they town, a town. Now, guys. Maybe Brett and I can raise a little someday, bit of money. Someday we'll get that commune. <laughs> Maybe Brett and I can raise a little bit of money, I guess. Trailer and, uh, Park, we'll go dude. up there and ruin it. <laughs> dude, Trailer Park would be just fine for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, let's go stay in a trailer park up there. Let's put something trashy up. Let's raise money and put something absolutely trashy up there and ruin everything. But they own a bunch of the co- the the shore now where the lake is because it's a lake they bought oh you want to go try to fight back yeah i want to go ruin like we were going to ruin hotels a long time ago sure let's do that so uline that's that's some shit right yeah that is some shit well let's get one let's uh let's take a look at some uh, there's a couple things that i think are important that me and you talk about before we get out of here okay We, we have some voicemails this week as well okay we're just about done I just, I want to, there's, there's something that I think we need to talk about before we leave. And that's the unmasking Antifa bill act of the USA. Have you seen that? I actually didn't. I mean, I saw it, but I didn't do any investigation. Nothing jumped out. I couldn't find anybody writing about it very much. I got this from the Huffington Post. Oh, well, that's pretty big name. (laughs) Anyone who doubts the speed with which paranoid authoritarianism is becoming the dominant worldview of today's GOP should read the unmasking Antifa act, a short bill recently introduced in Congress by four House Republicans. The legislation would punish anyone who injures, oppresses. Boom, that oh, seems weird. Like we didn't put a lot of people yeah. in jail. I got, I got just the people. <laughs> we can reverse racism. I know where a lot of oppressions happening. I yeah. know some people that we could arrest for that. <laughs> Threatens or intimidates any person engaged in a legally protected right or privilege while wearing a mask. With up to 15 years in prison. So God damn. Yeah. Whoa. So you're wearing a mask. You bust out a window. You get 15 years in prison. Is is what we're looking at here. And it's aimed towards only the left. Left, yeah. It's not aimed towards anybody else. Yeah. It's, How many uh, people have Antifa killed this year? I don't know of any. In the past any. year? I don't know of any. I've never even I can seen name a gun. Some, I've never seen one pull a gun. I can name some people that white supremacists have killed this year. Yeah, absolutely. I could. I, there's a there's a bunch of those. Well, yeah. Even uh, if you look at some of that, there was a one of those prayer things they did recently up oh, in yeah, the Pacific right North West. Those right wing things they put prayer in, yeah, so that it doesn't sound racist. Yeah, they. I mean, they were just they went there and were just trying to beat the shit out of people. It was pretty wild. The footage that I saw from it. We're also actually to get in, I want to uh, work on this, but we're going to try to get some folks to talk to us about what happened with ICE in Columbus, because that's also very important. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, sure. you read about that, right? Uh-huh, yeah. So I what, wanted to be there, the but people, it's... It was punk. a very small group of people that knew. Yeah, and it was early in the morning. And well, we do the call-in show the night before that, but I didn't even know about it anyway. No, so. I, I mean, that was a small group of people that got that invite. We uh, probably so, would have been there. Somebody told me that, somebody did DM me and tell me that there, 
ice was in that the Levesque Tower so on the fourth floor. Yeah. And so I knew I did know that the information was out there, but I didn't know I was waiting for them to I was waiting for something. I didn't know. I guess I should have put something together myself, but they did the heavy lifting. So we're going to talk, see if we can get some from them to talk to us about it. Cause like 12 people got arrested, I think shutting down the streets of Columbus, Ohio. So salute to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to bring that bill up. Be careful out there. Yeah, Especially I mean, that's if you're really... going to, uh, occupy ice protest. Cause well, I mean, it's, yeah, I wouldn't even, I, I that's just going to change how things work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they're just they they're looking for reasons yeah. to put you in jail for a very long time. And I know it didn't work for J20, but they ruined for those windows. people's lives for a few years. Sure. Yeah, yeah it is for windows. windows. Of course it's for windows. Starbucks windows are the most important windows. All right. Well, let's let's close this we show. We got a couple out of voicemails. Yeah. With these voicemails. Yeah, if you want if you can't Voice call email-ies. into the show or if you're nervous or, you know, you just want to say something, you can always call in. The, the uh, number is 614-91-TRILL. That's T R I L L. Uh you got to keep it true and real if you call in. It's no no bullshit. So, I we got a few here we can listen to. And uh let's get this one popping right here. Blap, 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 blap. Hey, guys, this is Shane in California. I can't call into the call-in show because I'll be at work at my stupid job, but I have a stupid job story to share with y'all. So I bartended a restaurant that's been in operation for decades, and we have never had name tags, and recently management decided that we needed to get name tags. <laughs> And they said it was because it would make us look more professional. <laughs> Whatever. I think it makes us look like we work at Applebee's and it's demoralizing and dehumanizing and awful. This place charges $50 for a steak. Oh. It's a high-end <laughs> Anyway, my yeah, name Yeah, nothing against Applebee's. Shane on it. That's all it says. Just my first name. I've got a couple of coworkers who have shared names. We've got a couple of Davids, a handful of Chris's, whatever. And on all of their name tags, they have a last initial. You know, it says Mario M and Mario D, but mine just says Shane. So I'm thinking, like, there's no reason that a guest needs to know somebody's last initial, and there's certainly no reason that anybody else needs to. We all know who each other is. We're perfectly capable of determining which David we're speaking to. We all know each other. And so it seems like the only reason why they required us to get name tags is to allow the guests at the restaurant to complain about us better. And I think that's a lot of hot bullshit. Like, we have to wear name tags so that guests can more accurately lodge complaints about a specific staff member rather than upper management reading a Yelp review saying, David was rude to me. And then Mary, the office lady, goes, oh, David who? Which David was it? <laughs> yeah, that's all. Have a good night, boys. Bye. That fucking sucks, man. I, uh, I'll say this, two things. Name tags and uniforms are 
so low rent to yeah. me. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just like if you're running a restaurant, at, like, trust people to dress, trust your servers to dress. They'll be fine. I think you could guide people. I think that, uh, you. but at the same time, if you want it to be a certain vibe, you should probably figure that out in the interview. You know, maybe don't expect <laughs> people to come up in fake clothes that they don't wear all the time for an interview, you know, <laughs> so you can get an idea of what who you're hiring exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think nothing against Applebee's. Uh, I don't think you need to necessarily trash that. But it is not anything that makes me think professional. It makes me think that you are like a cog in a machine. Like you're you're just being you're another minion. Right. Well, I mean, you're just I being pl- thing- you're just being put into this uniform with this name tag so that you can be tracked and monitored like, you know, like she's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, like you're not, uh, you're you're no longer have any autonomy. And I think even the the Applebee's thing though is that like there is a difference, sure, between like a chain restaurant, right? And and like there's like a, a I, I don't mean I when I say I'm I go to all kinds of places. I mean I eat at Taco Bell. You know what I mean? But like there's kind of a difference. I don't think Taco Bell people should have to wear a uniform. But like if I go to like a fancy restaurant and they're wearing like a uniform with a name tag, that's probably a mark off for me. It's yeah. just not like It doesn't seem very fancy. I like like a white like button up shirt and black pants with that big uh apron. That big long wear. apron, sure. That big Maybe long what, apron. What about with a real long pe- uh, pepper shaker or pepper grinder? I don't need that. Oh, that, I like that. That eight. Well, if they have stuff in the apron, I like that. Like I know I'm in a fancy restaurant with the long apron. Sure. That's that's when I'm like we're eating good tonight. Let's get Got ready it. for this. I love that apron but i do i always do pay attention to what people are wearing though and like a uniform sim- signifies something to me at a restaurant so it's funny that a 50 dollar a, a, a restaurant with a plate that's 50 dollars would yeah would, i consider it just seems doing so that. weird to me and so and and at the same time um if someone on a yelp review is being petty about some bullshit you you, I don't think that it's something you're going to have to hold the the staff to every single time. You know, she's right in that this is like weaponizing those stupid little assholes that go on Yelp and think that the world revolves around them or that whatever they expected from getting getting from the restaurant before they went in didn't happen. And, you know, now they're pissed about it. You know, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then your boss, the office manager, whoever is probably going to take the customer side most of the time too. I've never had them be like, yeah, that guy was just a dickhead. Right. Like you could have handled that a little better. It's like some people you can't handle better. Dickheads can't be handled better. (laughs) You know, let's get Let's get the next one in here. This one is a serious one, but uh, we're not going to laugh during it. I wanted to play it just because, because we didn't, you know, it just adds more to the saga hey street fighters uh and also call from eastern europe time i guess uh i messaged you it's west from west panderson at west panderson from eastern europe i messaged you on the page because i got some strong opinions on the nazi discussion you had on the basement show this week last week actually and um yeah, I don't know. It's it sounds it's a lot more complicated than uh than you think, but you can't really go ahead and say that the word Nazi has no value. It 
definitely has a value and those uh those child prisons you got going on over there those aren't like those are actual fucking concentration camps you know because they're literally taking like ethnic like an ethnic minority and they're putting it putting them in prisons and then separating them from the main population and it's I understand where Brett's coming from I guess saying that uh, everyone on the right uses it as well but you shouldn't shut off when people say it because they're just try, trying to take away the, the power of the word and devalue it but you shouldn't shut off because it's legitimate to first it's legitimate to criticize fascism by pointing it out and that that policy and ice in itself is a fascist policy and it's it's obvious to me at least i don't know uh the, the thing is the thing is these you, you say that like the nazis are uh put people in in concentration camps and death camps and they killed them willingly. But do you think, like, that started off like that in the 30s, before, before, like, the war, before, like, they really started amping up the Holocaust? Because uh, it was a gradual process all over Europe, uh, everywhere. The First, you had, like... Uh, you had like street fights, not not the good kind like y'all are advocating for, like you know just you know beating people up uh, for being Jewish uh, and uh, and Romani, and uh, also then you know it, it's like a gradual process, and people don't arrive at the conclusion that they want death camps immediately, but that's where that's where this is heading if. You don't stop it, and all right, one more part. Yeah, so I got cut off because I went rambling along. Still at West Anderson, what, what I was trying to say is like the process amps up, and through these small steps, first you normalize the language and you dehumanize them, then you put them in in fucking concentration camps, and then at one point the killing starts. Uh, and it's because the camps will become, it, it will become obvious that the camps are hard to run and uh, cost money to maintain. And ultimately these people will, will start advocating for, uh, for, uh, fucking killing the people that are interned there. So that, that's the major risk you have, uh, running these things. Yeah, sorry, my message is like all, uh, all downer stuff, but, Keep a tree up. Anyway, bye. Keep a tree up. That's that slang. Uh, well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I, I, there was a number of people that wrote in with that. I do understand that, uh, you know, it doesn't just go to immediately like World War II death camp stuff. And I appreciate the input. And I, I am glad you called in because a lot of people had that same opinion. And, uh, I'm open to it and fine. I just want to make sure that 
we are doing everything we can to address this shit and uh, not sounding like a crazy person to somebody if it will help get us closer to abolishing ICE or whatever it is, going after this shit and stopping it. So thank you for that. And uh, let's see, I got one more right here. I think this, Brian, this one will rope you back in. I was listening to that one. I just, I'm not going to, I don't disagree with anything. Right. Fuck red light cameras. They suck. Like, they literally are just there to make money. Like, it's like $100 a ticket. You can't go to court for it. It mm, pisses me off. Thank you. <laughs> That sounds like somebody who just got a red light cam ticket. <laughs> yeah, I just got opened up that letter. I hate it. I did that in Dallas. I opened up that letter, and it was a picture of my car, and it was like, we got you. You should be allowed to go to court. I I think you should be allowed to go to court. That's my opinion, and I would do it just to, to ruin everything. Well, the ones that I know of were all privately run, and they didn't. They're, I can't believe they're still around because I thought most of them got shut down. What? what? Um, I, like Columbus, the ones here are gone. Columbus is gone. C- California, I think, went down. I don't know who else has them, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, they fucking suck. Very early days of Street Fight Radio, we screamed on and on about, uh, you know, why are we all, why do we have a government if, if all they're going to do is figure out ways to charge us money? Like, they take our money, and then they also try to penalize us to take our money, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't need the red. How much is a fucking enough? You know, most of our money is going to them. And then they treat us like shit. Like, they don't even hook us up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, uh, like like I said, if you want red light cams, or like I've said before, if you want red light cams, then you need to, like, cover everybody with health care, make sure everybody's eating, make sure everybody has a house. Sure. Everybody has to be doing, everybody has to have $200,000. Sure. Basically. And then I'll be like, all right, well, you're going to do the red light cams. Sure. Now, yeah, if you're going to speed, if you want to do like a police, every single person in the United (laughs) States has $200,000. Yeah. Then go by. It's the same thing I've said about, but we'll enforce that at the end of a gun. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, the red light cam thing, like, I have a feeling of everybody... I mean, like, I don't think anybody wants to run red lights. It's not a common thing. I really don't think so. I think we run them because we want to get the hell home or whatever. I run them. I'm not saying that I don't think people run them. They obviously do. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody, like, wants to run, like, a red light. That's why I vote to... I want to run. I want to run all the red lights. Well, yeah, they're awful. They're just such a waste of time. Yeah, I want to switch them all with traffic circles. I've said this: traffic circles. That's the solution to red lights. Boom, well, roundabouts, solved yeah. everywhere. Roundabouts in a roundabout. We got any more? Round last one. Last one. This one I think is uh, you know this is a different perspective. I was excited to hear. The, you know what? These voicemails have been pretty good. There, lots of uh, different perspectives here. Here's another one for you. Uh, hey, guys. My name's Brian. I'm in Denver. Um, I heard on one of your last shows you guys were talking about some shit in Ohio, like where some trans kid was forced into some kind of, like, Christian re-education camp shit. So uh, I just wanted to comment on that. Um, I'm a Christian leftist, and I've uh, read the Bible, and... Uh, you know what it says about uh, transgender people in the Bible? Uh, jack shit. Doesn't say anything. Uh, you know, there wasn't really that concept uh, 
you know, 2,000 years ago. But uh, the closest thing that I can think of um, is in uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Uh, Philip visits a um, Ethiopian eunuch. So your readers can look that up. But basically, you know, eunuchs were uh, seen as unclean in the Old Testament. Uh, they were not allowed to participate in the uh, broader spectrum of uh, life that a uh, a uh, complete man, in their terms, uh, would would be. So they weren't allowed to go to the temple and offer sacrifices and that sort of thing. So um, uh, basically, Philip meets this guy uh, and um, has a discussion with him, and um, he's accepted into uh, the... Uh, the fold of the um, larger Jesus movement. So I I take away from that that, uh, you know, Jesus is accepting of all kinds of different people, uh, whatever their gender, their, uh, um, you know, where they are on that spectrum. And uh, I, I think it's an encouraging message. And uh, I think, you know, really the Bible has no place in arguing against uh, transgender rights or anything like that. So thanks for doing the show, guys. Um, if I can get on the, the live show here, I think I will. Um, but uh, have a good one. Thank you. Everybody's so nice when they call in, too. I know. I mean, that's a great, that's a wonderful message. Um, I mean, also the Bible, some people use the Bible for some really terrible, awful, shit, yeah. crazy shit. I'm glad he called. I, I gotta be honest. I'm like kind of glad a Christian, like usually we scream and yell about know. Christians and we never hear from a Christian. So we're like in a safe space of, away from Christians. Well, know? it's the cool kind. I mean, you gotta be like really living that like Christianity, trying to be Christ-like and forgiving, you know, fools for their sins, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. if you gotta be able to put up with, all of what we say on this fucking show. And actually for the, for the subscribers, for the bonus show subscribers, for the $1 a month people in the next run of first third shows that I'll be doing. I do have a, a trans activist coming on to talk to me for a full hour. I'm sure that's not going to like no, no. devolve into me. Oh, talking, talking about, about like, I feel like a TV. girl in the shower sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. we're gonna get somebody on there, and it's it's gonna be cool. Uh, yeah, I like they've done activist work because like we've had people that were non-binary or, sure. or trans on the show, but we like Michael C. Siebert. We talked to her the entire time about you know yeah. new metal and stuff. But, but Michael's different. They don't want. They're not looking to talk about that. That's why yeah. I made sure when we were on the show that I said I want to talk to somebody who does that sort of activism because i'm i'm not gonna have some right i don't want to bother someone about something else i don't want to bother a really cool person with that st about that yeah. stuff michael's coming back on though too in the next run so we're, we're uh we're gonna actually have these conversations you know I'll, I'll even let you know when i'm getting ready to record it and you can ask send me questions if you want to yeah absolutely and uh it reminds me actually it was like uh, there when i first got one of my first jobs i was living on living uh horribly making no money and 18 years old living like a bum and there was this lady at work that really was like a motherly figure to me because i wasn't talking to my mom and she was real into christianity and really wanted me to be a christian and uh she gave me this bible and had me read it and all this stuff and i was just in i was like i read in the parts where it was like uh 
kindness and forgiving and all those things. And, and we got to the point where we were talking about war and like being, you know, against all of it and those things. And, you know, she was into the punishment side of everything and just found ways that like, you know, the world was so sick and gross and all this shit. And I was just like, lady, I just, I like, I like this stuff. I like where, you know, Jesus hung out with people that, that were, you know, were like sinners and shit like that. Like, why does, why is that not part of the narrative? You know? Yeah. You're so you're, yeah. Yeah. It, they never, it's followed, like the prosperity are, Christian, you know, like you work hard and make a lot of money and get a gold jet. Those are the boring parts of the Bible. Yeah. Those are the <laughs> stupid shit. The I nice think it's cool. The boring part. No, I mean, yeah. I mean like the inspiring stuff is like the transcending judgment and shit, you know, and like treating everybody the same, you know, and punishing rich people by beating them with whips, you know, <laughs> but she wanted yeah. me to fall. She, and I ended up, I ended up just giving her a, a, she wanted me to read the Bible. So I did. And then I wanted her to read this pamphlet, uh, called Christianity and vegetarianism <laughs> and like how they lined up together and she wouldn't even read it. It yeah. was like bastard. Yeah. All, All right. right. Thank well, you for listening to Street Fight Radio. This is the number one anarcho comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We do it the best. We do it on WCRS every single Sunday. We take your calls. If you don't want to do that, you can call. You can call the voicemail. The number is six one four nine one T R I L L. I don't know what the numbers are for that. I don't have it memorized. You can also email us streetfightradio at gmail dot com. And uh, if you want to support the show. We uh, have a Patreon. It's a website where you pay a monthly donation to us. And for that, you will get rewards. Like Brian mentioned, for $1 a month, that gets you access to all of our third shows. Mostly Brian to talking to people that he likes. Um, I'm trying to get a, some sort of a schedule together where I can start making some and we can do some cool ones. I'm reading a book right now that I think will tie into another one. But yeah, $1 a month gets you that $3 a month. We have a digital zine that comes out. You get a PDF exclusive art and writing, uh, from us. We did a copyright criminals coloring book last month. So hashtag street fight art, anything that any pages, if you color them, hashtag street fight art, we're going to retweet and find some of them and we'll hook you up with something. Um, you can also get a physical copies of the zine for $8. If you do that, you also, you know, you also get all the other stuff as well. And you can watch us do the live show. And then we sell CBD and Kratom to raise money for us to go on tour, which is coming up. We're going to go to Chicago. We're going to St. Louis. We're going to Kansas city. We're going to Des Moines. We're going to Minneapolis happening at the beginning of September. So that first week. Um, I, I'm, we're nailing down the dates tonight. Those are coming very soon. Uh, we're going to have a special edition gumball shirt. That's going to be raising money, uh, two shirts, one that says an injury to gumball is an injury to all. And one that says gumball is a stupid asshole. So you'll be able to choose between the both of those, uh, that is on the way. And, uh, we also have, you know, like I said, the CBD Kratom back, back issues of the zine store.streetfireradio.com. Check it out. The prices are amazing. And, uh, we want to get big enough so that we can buy vice media and uh, throw it away. Have a good night. Peace. <laughs>